Well, hello, and welcome back to Ghost Stories Told from the South. I am your host, <laughs> Stephen LeBooth, and we got some crazy, crazy, scary stuff for you today, boys and girls. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I know I sound creepy, Dad, but you're weird. I hope you're everybody's hope everybody's having a great day. It's some nice, creepy weather down here in Texas. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been cold. It's wet. It's perfect, scary weather stuff. All right. Well, I got to, I got to, some good stuff for you today. Steph's here with me again. Say hi, Steph. Hey. <laughs> and uh, we're doing another video. So when you uh, hear this and you hear me doing the video, go to our YouTube channel, Ghost Stories Told from the South, and check like, out our video. I already had three people looking it up right now. Yeah, I need to catch up on it. I'm like three episodes behind. <laughs> but I hope everybody's having a great week and everything and everybody's being really spooky and scary. And uh, I was wanting everybody to do a little something for me. We got our three year anniversary coming up for the show. Episode 150 will mark three years I've been doing this. And I have some faithful followers and I want to say thank you. <clears throat> but here's what I want to do. Y'all can send in, find us on Facebook. You can get me up, hit me up on the DMs, or you can send me through the emails. It's all lowercase, ghost stories told from the south, dot, uh, at gmail.com. But since it's going to be our uh, 150th episode, and we've been doing this, or I've been doing this for three years now, I would like everybody to send in a story or a scary story oh, you yeah. experienced or something. That's or if you don't have anything scary, ask us, ask me anything. We'll have a Q&A or something. I'd like to do something like that to kind of repay for the repay the fans back or something. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I've got some faithful followers that's been with me from the go and I like it a lot. And I just want to say thank you from around the world who is listening and to all my friends in Turkey and Syria and even Indonesia, earthquakes and floodings. There's floodings in New Zealand mm -hmm. and we've got a lot of followers in them different places. Hearts and prayers go out with you guys. And uh, it sucks, man. I've been seeing some of them videos, and that looks yeah. scary. We're talking about it in science right now. Even yeah. Miss, uh, Clayton. It's crazy. It's really crazy a lot. And we can talk about this on your other show about some of the world natural events that's happening oh, right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We need to catch up on that. We're episodes, episodes. I haven't long. done an episode on that once really out there in like eight months. Family stuff. <laughs> yeah, I got stuff ready to go. So, but we're gonna be hitting it hard the next couple weeks on that one and getting it going because I really need to start focusing on more trying to get this really, really, really going. So, but anyways, I'll quit yapping my bum, <laughs> yapping my gums, not my bum. I don't talk out of my ass. Not um, yet. We're going to uh, start some stories here, and I'm making some uh, TikTok films. To put on the Facebook reels and um, uh, TikTok. And we do got an Instagram account, but I don't remember. I, I don't have access to it. Lexi did. and So don't worry about trying to get a hold of me there. But get a hold of me on, on Facebook and stuff. And I would really like to hear you all stories or just ask us some questions. I don't care. Nothing freaking dirty or nasty. This yeah. isn't the... 
porn stories told from the south. It's ghost stories, so nothing nasty. Don't ask me how big my badonka donkey is. Or don't ask me what how much junk's in my trunk. We'll send you feet pics if you do. Yeah. Make fun of you. But anyways, let's uh get on with what we're talking about today. With uh, this episode, we're still going to be covering uh, Louisiana stuff in Louisiana, so it should be a good show. I know I stopped it. I'm going to make oh, a couple okay. more. <clears throat> All right. I got another guy listening to it now. Okay, the first story we got. Ah. <laughs> the first story is the old Beauregard Parish Jail. And this place is in DeRider, Louisiana. I got three people who live there. Really? In I Louisiana? Know. Yeah, Sophie, Max, and uh, Grace. Oh, okay. Well... Send a shout out to them. Hi. All right, we're gonna start this first story. Well, we got I got another person listen to it now. Okay, cool. Okay, we are covering the old Beauregard Parish Jail, four hours away from Louisiana, in a rural Louisiana. In rural Louisiana, stands an old jail with a whole host of supernatural residents to uh, that. To uh, reveal even the creepiest tales from the French Quarter. That's where they sell a lot of French fries, is in the French Quarter. <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. That's a joke. Yeah, don't get all offended. The old Beauregard Parish Jail, often called the Catholic or the Gothic Jail, was built in 1914 in the middle of D. Ryder, next, uh, right next door to the uh, Parish Courthouse. And if you're wondering what a parish is, that's kind of like a, a little suburb, I think, or uh, it's a little town. I think that's what parish means. If I'm, I'm probably wrong. I'm not for sure. But you people in Louisiana, send me a text or something and tell me exactly what that is. Because I don't want to look it up right now because I'm reading. Uh, it is, its architect is gothic rival with lots of stone arches. Arches and bay windows, a style that was usually reserved for the uni- universities or other uh, bigger buildings. Beyond the external architect, architect, the the building was one was one of a kind in that it had a considerable amount. Are, are considerable uh, amenities for jail. Each cell had a window and a bathroom. Oh, that's awful nice of them. <laughs> and cells on the top floor had a uh, skylight. A spiral staircase in the center of the building led to each floor with a large open space in the top floor. The jail... The jail also is the site of Louisiana's first double execution. Oh. Yeah. That's nice. Okay. Here's our first story about this place. I'm going to have to scoot up just a little bit here so I can get some light. All right. The first story, or the first little story about this place is the dead man walking. In August of 1926... 
In August of, what did I say? Okay, in August of 1926, Joe Gina and Malton Brasukas held a ta- tax, held up a taxi, but then murdered the driver. Oh, what they wow. mean by when they say they held him up, they were robbing him. And then they killed the driver. Then they dumped the body in a pond and made off with $14, the equivalent of $215 today. Dang. They uh, they were caught just days later and booked into the jail where they would spend their remaining months. They were sentenced to death. They were sentenced to death at, death at the end of 1926. According to an old newspaper article, the duel managed to get two last-minute stays of execution in 1927, but on March 9, 1928, they were both hang, hung despite instigating on other... Uh, anna- uh, anna- Brain fart. They were both hung despite inciting that they were innocent. Which, probably wrong, they were guilty. But the execution uh, took less than 35 minutes total. Man, that's a long time for a hanging. Yeah. Okay, here's another little story about the place. It's called, <clears throat> some, occupant, some Occupants Never Leave. The jail remained in operation until 1981. It is now the National Registration of Historical Places. I hate it when I lose my place. Of Historical Places. Okay, yeah, of Historical Places. And it is opened for daytime tours. Every October, the jail offers haunted nightmare tours. People who who maintain the jail and isn't... Oh, and it, uh, and it is, and it is museum reported being physic. Uh, ah, <laughs> getting tongue tied like a. Do you want me to help you? People who maintain the jail and the mu. Oh, yeah. Was that where I was trying to? No, I lost my goddamn place. Every. Okay, right here. People who maintain the jail and the museum report being physically pushed. Sorry if I get tongue-tied sometimes and I sound like Forrest Gump reading. <laughs> we both got dyslexia. Yeah. Uh, they hear they get pushed and they hear distant bottled voices. That's Seeing nice. apparitions in a semi-recent photo of the jail. A shadow figure believed to be a jailer can be seen standing on the porch outside of the apartment where he lived during the time he worked at the uh, faculty. Another little story, little little deals called "Who Is Still There." Delane Spratt and Juan Moss and Marcus Harvey, an Atlanta ghost hunting trio known as the Ghost Brothers, explore the haunted jail for the for their series, <coughs> Ghost Brothers. Lights out where they enter each haunted hotspot blind, cutting their local or oh, cutting their 
cutting through local legends to replace their fear of the unknown with understandings. Learning how, learning who still lurks inside the uh, century-old jail and what they have to say is worth hearing. I gotta turn this heater off. I'm sweating my ass off <laughs> over here. Oh, God. Okay, here's some more stuff on it I'm gonna read, so hopefully it don't all right, I got some more stuff on it I will read about. Okay, we're still in the same building. The building, the building's distinctive architect design made it uh, made it historic. The depths of two inmates inside of it made it famous. And these spirits, they may still call it home today, have made it legendary. Legendary. <laughs> Skewy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when I look away because I lose my place. Okay. The old Beauregard Parish Jail in D. Ryder, Louisiana, better known as the Hangman's Jail, is renowned for its own one-of-a-kind design for being the state, the site of a double hanging of two convicted murderers and now with the assistance of the Beauregard Tourist commu uh, Communication and other groups, the jail has become a destination for those who love hauntings in history. You have an, you have an entire generation you have an entire generation of residents were here in D. Ryder in the area that have never set foot inside the jail, said CeeLo Martin. The administration assistant, or, yeah, assistant with the uh, Bureau Guard Tourist Communications, this will get those people interested. And then the people that are Fascinated. Fascinated with history and haunted history will come as well. The booming timber industry in the railroad making a stop in town put D. Ryder and Beauregard Parish on the map in the early part of the 20th century. The sawmills popping up and the town expanding, local leaders, local leaders opt to have a grant structured construct constructed inside the town as something the town could uh, boast of having. See, you hear that? Uh-uh. It's going to do what, we did, what happened last time. Every time we try to do a ghost, this, one, this is the only, podcast, only podcast I do. Or I always have some technical problems or something happens. Mm -hmm. Okay, where was I at? Hey, do me a favor and turn that light up a little. Hit the Oh my bad. Hit the plus sign. There we go. Not too wow. That's good. That's good. I can see. I was gonna turn it down. It's a little bright, but I can see. Shiny forehead. Okay. <laughs> Where was I at now? You. It's okay. 
fourth there, I think, or maybe. Okay, history, and we'll come as well. Okay, the booming. Okay, I read that. Okay. Okay, Colin William Lewis Stevens <coughs> as I was hired was hired to design and build not only the parish courthouse but also the jail right next door, which would be connected by a secret underground tunnel. You know how cool that would be. That would be cool. The three-story structure of sandblast of sandblasted concrete with a small tower. Terragotti with a terragotti roof and spiral staircase, toilets in each cell was completed in the, in 1914 to ni- around 1915, at the cost of uh, roughly a hundred thousand, a hundred and sixty-eight thousand dollars. That was back then. The walls range from 13 to 21 inches thick. That's a thick ass wall. Gosh. I bet people drive by that place and go. Man, that wall's thick. <laughs> uh, thirteen to twenty-one inches, and was designed to hold thirteen prisoners comfortably, comfort, comfort, uh, comfortably, but could house up to fifty. The first floor housed the jailer and his family, while the second floor were isolation cells and a woman's cell, and a third floor was designed. For trust, trustees are long timers. Long timers means people with long sentences. Mm. <clears throat> the jail, even even more so than the courthouse, appears to be out of out of its place in in Western <laughs> Louisiana. Lovely. Sounds like I'm at a bar recording this. Western Louisiana, where small towns blend with the horizon of pine forest. In many ways, the jail designed in the Gothic uh, Colgate design seems to have been uprooted from a college campus somewhere in the northwest or in the northeast of the United States and plopped down down somewhere in its small town. Sorry about that. Like I said, we had technical difficulties. Podcast stopped right in the middle. Difficulties. Yeah, difficulties. <laughs> An article titled The Parish Prison in Louisiana Built Like a Clubhouse <coughs> appeared in popular mechanics in the early parts of the 20th century. In the article, the jail is described as the Burgard Parish Jail at DeRider, La- at DeRider in Louisiana. It was constructed constructed several years ago to confirm with the idea that a place of imprisonment should be a house of correction rather than a dungeon of punishment. The fact that every room had a window was also impressive at the time, as the article states about the luxury, so that no prisoner is deprived of fresh air and a view of the beautiful sky and landscape of the southern state. The jail, the jail though, would become inf- infamous after Joe Gina and Malton Brassuks, Brassuks were hung from the makeshift gallows across the third floor stairwell back in the late 1920s. 
1920s. Gina and Bras- Brasus brutally, mur- brutally murdered 45-year-old cab driver J.J. Breville in 1926. The two men beat Breville with a car lift spring, then stabbed him with then stabbed him in the head before eventually slashing his throat. <clears throat> God dang. That's freaking brutal, dude. The murders do the murderous duel dumped the uh dumped Burville's body. Burville's? Yeah, Burville's body and a pond in nearby Perking. And this and the the and disposed of Barville's Ford cab by setting it on fire in the Calasus Calasus Parish. That's nice. That's just nice. Yeah, the really? duo were captured, convicted, and then then on March twenty twenty eighth of nineteen twenty eight, met their make, maker. Gina tried to poison himself the night before, but doctors. Hold on, who names their kid Gina when it's a guy? Well, that's just this is back in the nineteen twenty six, Stephanie. <laughs> Nowadays, if your name was Gina, everybody would make fun of you. Yeah, well, the doctors pumped his stomach so he could be hung the next day. See, that's what I mean about serial killers. Yeah, the they can go around killing people left and right, but when it's time for yeah. their turn to die, I don't want to die. Yeah. Oh, but it's okay if you do around killing about killing yeah, people, no. huh? You sons of bitches. <laughs> the two were hung within minutes of one another in the uh, parish first and last double hangings on record. The double hanging inspired a song by Sam Pruitt named Hangman's Jail back in the 1950s. I'm going to have to look that up. Hangman's Jail. Write that down right there for me. The jail would be added to the National Registration of History Historic Places in 1981, but but would be closed in 1982 due to lack of modern. Uh, uh, didn't it didn't it wasn't modernized, which means it didn't have uh, a whole lot of the light switches, running water, and stuff like that. Uh, so and it didn't have such a the glass windows and, and it had no air conditioning too. So they had to do all that before they reopened it. The building would sit empty for for uh, nearly three decades as it as its reputation as a haunted haunted spot only grew over the years, including being featured on the uh, Travel Channel show Destination Fear. <laughs> I like that one. I've seen that one before. That one's cool. Fred Isles, who owns one of the oldest cabin-making shops in town, never experienced a haunting himself, but he heard stories from others that had. That had. Isles, who served, uh, who served a, who served four months in the jail in the mid nineteen seventies. For some uh, teenage hell raising, remembers a story of a former former jailer. Uh, a former jailer told him, Royce Williams told him that when he lived in the place, that the old hanging rope would be moved would mo- be moved at night. Eilis said, he said he would put the rope up at night, and the next morning it would be moved. It would be moved. 
It looked like someone had dragged it around and dropped it. <clears throat> and this is this guy saying this. I cannot remember giving a small private. I can oh, I can remember giving a small private tour about four years ago. Martin said he went into one of the lower rooms and I immediately got dizzy. One of the other ladies that was on the tour left. Left. She had gotten dizzy too. Once, once we left the area, it stopped. A few years ago, the Beauregard Parish Police Juror, the Beauregard Tourist Commission, and Friends of the Gothic Jail worked together to raise enough money to begin reopening the faculty for more than just a, a few tours. The groups came together to make an old old building ADA complement by removing plaster from all the walls for any uh abscestos oh for abset uh asbestos asbestos was a type of installation they used back then Mm. but they outlawed it because i remember in the 90s even here in my little town they had to go back and take that out of some of the older schools that was built back in the day. So guess what? I went to school with some of that insulation. <laughs> See, I hate it when I sit up and talk because, okay, asbestos or a mold or a lead-based paint. They used a lot of lead-based paint that th- yeah. back then. They didn't know any better. Yeah. And it can mess you up in the long run. Yeah, that's what like most uh, like clowns did back in the day. Yeah, and they didn't know, and it'd sink into their skin. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, tearing up, tearing up floors, and raising the rail on the uh, stairwells too. Gosh, I wonder how much money that was back then. Now it'd be like a billion yeah. dollars nowadays. The purpose was to sh- was to showcase the buildings. Original, magnificent, magnificent, and also highlight its historical past. What you see now is the best res, uh, rep, representation of what the jail was like in the original state, Martin said. The work was completed in time for the jail, which also appears on the state's myths and legends byway signs that are located in Ver- in Vernon Allen and the Beauregard Parish <clears throat> to be reopened as a haunted house attraction called Gothic Jail at the Dark. <laughs> the attraction will be opened on Halloween from okay, I don't need to read all that. But anyways, I think that's it on that that's one. Upside down. Excuse me. Do you hear that too? That was me burping. Mine was better. I know. Mine was a little poop. All right. That was our first one. I hope you enjoyed that one. That one seemed pretty creepy. See, old jails usually have something yeah. creepy like that in them because, you know, like they had executions there yeah. and people that got beat up or stabbed or from other self. inmates, you know, or people that killed yeah. themselves. So, I, oh, I, there's one that are, that yeah. what I would really like to do with my podcast one day is go along with some people doing oh, some yeah. paranormal research and let them go research and Ooh. I can sit there watching cameras doing my podcast while they're out exploring. 
You know, um, that would be cool. Or explore. Oh, I want to explore the hospital on the old base. Yeah. Or the old jail out there. You know how cool that would be? All right. Let's take a quick break real quick. That's the end of the show. See y'all later. (laughs) Taking a quick break. I didn't know that first story was going to be so damn long. Yeah. But that's good, though. But we're going to be right back and take a break. We're going to... We're gonna do what I mean is we're gonna we're gonna take a break, but we're gonna do a commercial real quick, and we'll be right back. You ever look up at the sky at night and look at the stars and wonder, are we the only ones really out here? Have you ever wondered how much our government hides from us? Have you ever wondered why so many mysteries go unsolved? What really happens? What's the clues? What's the evidence? Ever wonder if Bigfoot or Mothman is real? Then, if so, come listen to this podcast called What's Really Really Out Out There. There. And I am your host, Stephanie Booth. And and I am your co-host, Stephen Booth, Hafaja. And if you're into UFOs, Unsolved Urban Lake, murders, unsolved mysteries, murders, mysteries uh, unexplained stuff that happened, urban legends. We're into all of that. Conspiracy stuff, too. We go dive into that. So if you're looking for a new podcast that tells that kind of stuff, then you uh, need to listen to what's, what's really, really out, out there. there. And we are on Spotify and iHeart and Pandora, I think. But we are Pretty much on every platform. Mm-hmm. We have a YouTube channel, too, or channel. So go check that out. It's called What's Really Out There. So come check us out. Once again, I'm your co host, Stephen Booth. And I'm your host, Stephanie Booth. And this is What's, What's Really, really out, out There. We'll see you at the next episode, guys. All right, guys. Glad to hope you like that commercial. Stephanie hates it. All right, our next story we're going to do. Put your mic a little closer to your face. Your big disgrace. Our next story we're going to do is the Louis- the old Louisiana State Capitol in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The building that once housed <coughs> the building that once housed housed the Lu- the Louisiana State Legislative Louisiana's old State Capitol was built to look like a castle. Because of its appearance, the locals have taken a calling ha, have taken to calling it calling it Louisiana Castle or the Castle of Baton Rouge. <laughs> it is said that it is said that Louisiana State Capitol has the aura of luring spirits in the unrest. The resident ghost is named Sarah Morgan. Sarah is reported to be a girl who lived during the Civil War. Her family donated the property on the bluff at the edge of the the river where the capital now stands. As a little girl, she watched the castle being built being built, burnt, and built again. So this little girl got to watch that go through a lot. Kind of like the story we're reading in, um, reading right now. Yeah. Just right, 
Rising of Esperanza or something like that. Okay. I got to get back to the story. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to start telling another story why I'm telling a story. I just told you the name of the book. Okay. <laughs> As the story goes, she decided that she would stay there when she uh, passes on. Her ghost reportedly tells of being a being a being a witness to various impeachment trials and pro, and parties. Footsteps can be heard down the uh, empty hallways. Doors open and shut, and their own on their own. And visitors have reported the feeling of being watched or observed. And that's a kind of that's kind of a creepy feeling, you know, having that feeling like someone's watching you. Tom uh, Tom Carlick, a security officer at the old state capitol, has said that they sometimes see a flash of light or shadows on the uh, cameras and mo- and monitors. According to him, it is often the people who are on the night shift who are plagued by odd experiences. (laughs) You're just sitting there creeping me out, man. In, In 1846, it was decided that the Louisiana legislator will move it, move its seat of government to Baton Rouge. And in 1847, Baton Rouge donated a parcel of land which cost about twenty thousand dollars gosh that was back then that's cheap i bet you'd go for a lot now yeah i thought of it nowadays yeah to the state for the state capitol building this would take away the seal of government from the from from louise from new orleans the land donated by the state stood on top of baton rouge bluff which faced a which faced the Mississippi River. An architect named James Darkin was was uh, commissioned to design the new Capitol building. He was told not to mimic other Capitol buildings, and he get, he came up with the design of a neo-Gothic medieval castle. Darkin called its design. Castle Gothic. Hmm. The material, the materials, the materials used were much creepier and more durable. During the Civil Civil War, David Fargot, a Union uh, admiral, captured the state of captured the New Orleans captured the state of New Orleans. And the seat of the government was uh, moved away from Baton Rouge to the castle, was used as a prison and then as a garrison. I'm not sure what a garrison is. I know who Mr. Garrison is. (laughs) You know, he's a counselor. Uh, where was I at? Okay, it was used. Okay, it was used for a prison and then as a garrison. Okay. While it was used as a garrison, it caught fire twice, and the building was left by Union troops 
gutted in empty gutted to an empty shell. In 1882, the castle was transformed and reconstructed by architect and engineers, engineer William A. Ferty. He is oh. also. I looked up Garrison. Oh, okay. Huh. I guess it's another name for a prison, I guess, or jail. In 1882, the castle oh. was transformed and reconstructed. I already said that. He also was credited with the uh, installation of the stained glass dome and the spiral staircase, which had, which have become local points of the uh, interior. The castle was then used to house veterans, organizers, which are federally chartered. Ooh, what was that? It was a burp. It was like... Yeah, it was dang. a wussy burp. A burp? I heard of a burp, but not a burp. <laughs> <laughs> That's my redneck coming out. The castle again... The castle again... The castle again was... Uh, the castle again in... Res in in restoration during the 1990s and it was now become the uh, museum of political history just recently the vacant the vacant of the cast castle had been refurbished with different shades there are several events held there including an annual balls dances and other showcases of French culture. Ooh, <laughs> and if you don't know what balls are, <laughs> not that kind. They're uh, they're like a dance. That's what really the big, big dances. Yeah, that's what the fancy people used to call them. They'd yeah. get all dressed up and have these big elaborate yeah dances, basically. So and drink wine and champagne. Well, here's still some more stuff about the old castle. This one's long too. I'm gonna do something real quick. I'm gonna get the TikTok talk going, yeah, or gonna I'm gonna make a video. Thing. So I like to do the videos, and I put these videos on TikTok. It's under Borderline Texas Trash, and then I put them on Facebook on my actual ghost stories told from the South page. So Look, check that out. I got an account warning on TikTok again. What for? I don't know. They're jerks. <laughs> Every little thing is like That's why I don't morning. put a lot of crap on there. They'll let people sit there and talk about raping kids and yeah. shit. But if you mention one thing wrong, you're you bad. Or if you don't recognize somebody for this yeah. or that. Account warning. But this isn't a political podcast. It's yeah. a ghost story. So, All right. I got this ready. Okay, we are still on the old Louisiana State Capitol building in Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Politics can, intent, can indeed be unsettling, no matter what political party you identify with. However, government is necessary and everyone should take a part in their due diligence and vote. Turning a blind eye to politics that affect the uh, future is like wake walking into a mystery tomorrow for today's hometown horror story we take this road trip to capital city 
of Louisiana, the capital city of Louisiana, to learn about the Louisiana Old State Capitol building. Now, I know I've already read one story about it, but a lot of times I'll get two to get different different stories and what maybe some other stuff that I didn't get on the first one. There it is again. It's back. The tallest state capital in the country belongs to Louisiana, but down the road rests the original state capital. It is a feat of our article of article. <laughs> I found my own account. It is a feat called. of architect design. I'm not worried about that Sorry. right now. Design and great beauty. Mary DeRusso, with the Museum Division of the Secretary of State's office, says there's a big fence around it. It sits on almost four acres of land, and it's imposing. It looks like a castle. So, it looks like a castle. So, sometimes people are just hesitant to come inside the side come inside that is one of the first questions we are asked is it haunted i don't know <laughs> is it okay the castle was built in 1850 and survived two fires once during the civil war and once in 1906 when el electricity was installed perhaps equality elect elect Electricity are the chilling accounts of the staff workers who say ghosts indeed haunt the haunt the uh, property. <coughs> if the door takes a little while to close, suddenly you hear it slam. We have had security guards that have that have said they've seen motion detectors go off. Many of the great the great design these oh. Sorry, many of the great decisions of the ages were once debated inside the the uh, ornate walls of the state capitol. Years long after bills were passed and leg legislation gone into effect, the men and women have come and gone. Well, almost all of them. Oh, that's scary. You can still feel the presence of the people who served there. The people who so wanted great things for Louisiana think about the tremendous speeches that most have been given in the House and the, in, in the Senate chambers. There are the spirits that I feel in the building, says one, says one uh, guard. One of the presence, one of the uh, ghost rumors of the building is about a senate, a senator named Perry Kayavalana. Sorry if I screwed that up. <laughs> My bad. Who so wanted great things for Louisiana? Think about the oh god, I hate it when I do that. I got okay. Anyways, this guy's name. That senator, his ghost, who was believed to have died of a heart attack in the heat of an argument in 1852. The tale is often despited of the senator passing away in the building. However, however, he did not 
die in the Capitol. Instead, he was at home in bed. So I guess he had a little spell, and then they took him home, and he died. On the lawn outside is the imposing majestic of a great oak tree. But other things used to be there. During the Civil War, people were afraid they would lose their valuables, and they hid them. An entire silver services service an entire silver servers was found, which mean <coughs> an entire back then they would put up their really good uh, plates, spoons, forks, oh. and only use them for special occasions like Christmas, Thanksgiving, or Christmas. Sunday dinners, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Well, apparently they was uh, hiding them uh, around this tree. Because they was found there. Uh, and a silver swords were found there. And an entire box of rifles was found there. And, se- and a seven carat ring. And most important of all, the body of an unidentified person that was unearthed from under the pond. Oh, my God. Oh. Well. That's nice. That's just. Yes. That's very special. Wow. That's special. <laughs> Man, we've almost, we got 45 minutes we've done so far, and I still got two stories. Well, I hope y'all like the story of the old Capitol. See, I love covering old buildings like that, especially old buildings like that with a lot of history because you know there's a lot of stuff that happened there. I mean, a lot of stuff that happened there, so there's going to be some ghosts there. All right, let me get a little drink of a, of a, of a bull, Red Bull. <laughs> Patsy. All right, let's get on with the next one. Excuse me. Uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not throwing up. That's just how I burp. And I was trying Dana to do it away from the phone. Like that. The phone? I mean the mic. The microphone. Okay, our next story is... Now, I hope I don't mess this name up, but I'm probably going to. Butcher it. Yeah. The Calacasayo Courthouse. The Calacazoo. Anyways, it's in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. In the heart of Lake Charles, in, in the heart of Lake Charles, Louisiana, Stands the Calakazua Courthouse. Built in 1912, this courthouse was witnessed, has witnessed over a century of trials for people who have committed horrendous crimes. However, one outlaw in particular continued to inhabit the hallways of the courthouse, making it one of the most haunted locations in the state of Louisiana. I'm not trying to be rude, but I have noticed the almost three years I've been doing this. It don't matter which state I'm in or which town which town I'm in. There's always this is the most haunted place and yeah. blah blah blah. So uh, make up your mind. Yeah, that's why I don't hang too much on them because they say it on every everyone. So most scary cucumber in the world. That's what a cat would say. <laughs> I forgot. Oh, excuse me. 
world's hottest, most haunted yeah. avocado. All right, here's one of our first stories. The tragic early life of Tony Joe Henry. <coughs> Tony Joe Henry, Henry, can't even talk. Henry was born Anna Beatrice Bequiston. McQuiston. Okay, McQuiston. On January 3rd of 1916. In her early life, Tony Joe was no stranger to tragedy. As her mother passed away from tuberculosis when she was just one. As a teenager, Tony Joe worked in a factory to help support her family. However, when her foreman discovered that her mother passed from tuberculosis, he terminated her for fear of having an employee that could expose other workers of this illness. Well, because back then, tuberculosis, it scared the shit out of them because they didn't have the medicine for it. They didn't know how to treat it. So it was pretty scary once you had it. You knew he was going to die. Ain't no turning back. Yeah. Bye, 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 bye. When when <laughs> Tony and Joe delivered the news to their father, he became obsessive and beat her. What? What? Oh, he became abusive and beat her. Why'd he beat her? I'd go She's beat the sick. guy that fired her. Yeah. Eager to escape her father's excuse, Tony Joe left the home and became independent on herself to make a living. Resorting to any possible method of making money, including selling her body. Oh my gosh! Damn, that means that means she was she was selling kisses. (laughs) Yep. With wow, Dad. (laughs) With her new profession came a new identity, and Annie Beatrice and Annie Beatrice. McQuiston took on the name Tony Joe Hood. I am so confused. What the hell? Okay. Okay, okay, I see. Never mind. It's still the same person. She's just another identity. Mm. Okay, this one's called it's a next little story is called The Outlaw Star Crossed Lovers. After a brief period working in the streets of Illinois, Tony Joe picked up employment as a lo- at a local brothel, where she gained a few regular patrons. Among these patrons was a man named uh, Claudie Henry. He was described as a down-on-his-luck uh, prizefighter who went by the name of Cowboy. The two fell in love and... and Wed on November 25th of 1939, the day after Thanksgiving. (laughs) Shortly after the couple enjoyed a honeymoon in California, Cowboy's outlaw past caught up with him. He was arrested for the murder of a San Antonio police officer, Arthur Sinclair, in January of 1940. Cowboy was found guilty and sentenced to 50 years in a high-security Texas prison. Fueled by her love for Cowboy, Tony Joe crafted a plan to break him out of prison. Due to this, Tony Joe needed three things, a weapon, money, and an accomplice. Tony Joe recruited ex-con Harold Arkey, 
Burks for his uh, knowledge of the layout of the prison where Cowboy was held. They then confiscated two teenagers to rob or convinced two teenagers to rob a gun store <coughs> to steal a wep- uh, to steal weapons and ammunition for their heist. By this point, the by this point, they only needed funds to support them on their journey from Louisiana to Texas to break Cowboy out of prison. As Tommy Joe and Arky were hitchhiking their way to Texas, they encountered a traveler named Joseph P. Galloway. While Tony and Joe and Arky were riding with Galloway, Tony Joe developed a plan to steal Callaway's car to use as a getaway vehicle once they success, successfully picked up Cowboy. Arky and Tony Joe held Galloway up at gunpoint and instructed him to pull over as they could force him into the trunk of the car of this car. Wow. That's, that's Yeah, I would have just left him on the side of the road. Yeah, there's no point in putting him in the trunk. Yeah. However, Tony Joe's plan soon became more sinister as she realized they would need a change of clothes for Cowboy to change in after he escaped. Tony Joe ordered Galloway to strip. Then as he re- then as he recovered his or yeah, as he recovered his clothes, she sh- she shot him in the head. Damn, I would have just wow. left him half naked on the damn shoulder. These de- this deed served as the final straw for Arky. Afraid of Tony Joe and the extreme measures she would take to free her husband, Arky abandoned Tony Joe and took the car with him. Ah, ha, ha. Nah. Tony Joe Tony Joe hijacked her way back to Louisiana, where she was un- untimely arrested for the murder of Joseph P. Galloway. Tony Joe received three separate trials at the uh, courthouse, and with each trial, she received a convention of death of the death penalty sentence. While Tony Joe was awaiting to serve her punishment, the state of Louisiana changed the method for being enforcing the death penalty from hanging to death by the by the electric chair. Now that don't make any goddamn what? sense. The electric chair, you sit down and get Yes, okay. The state of Louisiana charged its method or change. Okay, okay. <clears throat> I'm sorry, everybody. I have that up. The state of Louisiana changed its method for enforcing the death penalty from hanging mm. to the electric chair. Okay. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> you put them together. Yeah. <laughs> Four days prior to her death, Cowboy Cowboy managed to escape from prison and see Tony Joe one final time. She was executed on November twenty eighth of nineteen forty two. Tony Joe oh Tony Joe Henry is the only woman to ever be executed by the electric chair on in the state of Louisiana. Hmm. Although Tony Joe died in 1942, her spirit is believed to still roam the hallways of the courthouse. 
Some have reported hearing whispers and screams <laughs> and screams coming from the uh, hallways of the courthouse. See, I couldn't be a security guard in some place like that. It'd be like, uh, I think I'm out of here. I'll go flip burgers or something. I don't want to do this. Occasionally, the courthouse lights flicker. As if the electrical current is being dis, dis, uh, being disrupted or redirected to some other source. That's great. Visitors have reported smelling the scent of what is believed to be Tony Joe Henry's perfume <coughs> permeating the walls. While others claim that certain areas of the courthouse reek of the stench of burning hair. Well, well. well. When they, there's probably a lot of people that died there Mm -hmm. through the electric chair. So, yeah, they're going to, it's going to be a little stinky. All right, ladies and gents, we're going to do one more commercial. That would be cool to go explore it. Yeah. That's one thing I wish I could do is start trying to maybe get out and explore stuff, but I don't know how to go about doing it because I don't want to, I'm a 46 years old now. (laughs) I can't be trespassing and get arrested with my kids. (laughs) <laughs> so I gotta find a way to do it where I get permission. Yeah, so I think it would there. be very cool. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna do one more commercial break before we go today. We got hey. one more story, and we will be back. Damn. Well, how's everybody doing today? It's your good old friend Uncle Dicky from Borderline Texas Trash, the most popular podcast in the world today. It's climbing up the charts faster than freaking slime on a spine, baby. Well, if you're wondering, what the hell is Borderline Texas Trash about? And who is this bitch Uncle Boo? Well, Uncle Boo is the most recognizable voice in podcasting today, baby. We're going to get funky like a monkey on some ton of greens. I'm coming in on white lightning, baby, on a silver saddle to bring you the best of Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I'm your host of the show, Uncle Boo. We go over everything. We do a little bit of politics at the end, but not much. I don't step into that bullshit a whole lot. But we have fun. I go over stupid world news of the day, talk about uh, stuff from the past, what the cost of living or stuff was like that, and we just talk about all sorts of fucking fun facts, do a little joking around, and my niece joins the show sometimes. We do a little segment called Ash Handy's Garage on Friday nights, baby. That's our live show we do sometimes. And then I got the uncle that I talked to down in uh, Booseville, Louisiana. And he calls sometimes. And we have a little show called Uncle Dickie's Kona. So you guys come check out Texas Borderline, Borderline Texas Trash, baby. I know you will love it. We are on every platform you can think of. Spotify, Stitcher. Pandora, iHeart, uh, I mean, we're on everything. We're even on Podbean, man. We even got our own YouTube channel. We even got an Instagram account, and we got our Facebook account. So go check us out, man, and come listen to the show. You'll get to listen to Ash Handy, Uncle Boo, Uncle Dicky, and all the most recognizable voices in this motherfucking podcast in the world today, baby, because we will get funky like a monkey, I guarantee it. Let's just say, baby, I've wine and dined with kings and queens, slept in dumpsters, ate pork and beans, baby. But I am your host of the show, Uncle Boo, Borderline Texas Trash. Don't forget about it. 
If you want to listen to a show to just get your mind off this crazy world and all the COVID and politics bullshit, <coughs> come check my show out. Come check me and my crazy family out. Some of the shit we do, we do live uh, shows from the barbecue. So I'll see you later. Bye. All right. Hope you like that commercial. That's my other podcast I do. With the Ash Alano. Ash Handy. <laughs> Okay, this one is the history of the Louisiana Supreme Court building. Built in the uh, terracotta Boeck's art style, the Louisiana Supreme Court building can be found can be found corridored off the administration Charles St. Louis Royal and Connecticut Street in the heart of the French Quarter. It was completed in 1910 after the city demolished the buildings that had stoned previously for other centuries. Early on, there has been preposition to actually build the structure on the site on the sites of the press. Press birthdays and God, whatever. But there was such a building outcry that the urban city plan quickly fell to the uh, wayside. But there was one part of the French Quarter which had fallen into dis- disappear, disrepair, and where uh, vagrants, vagrants were all. Vagrants were the ones taking up residence in the old abandoned buildings. Between Royal between Royal and Charles Streets had once exited Exchange Alley through part of the still existence today. A narrow way lane that spoke on the political and legal offices. By 1903, however, the Exchange Alley was nothing but a dark and desolated place of the French Quarter, and the city moved ahead with the with its new plan. Oh, where was I? Moved ahead with its new plan. Okay. Even so, locals looked at the construction of the Supreme Court building as an instruction and were not so ready with the uh, prospect of it sitting there. In April of 1906, the architectural art and its uh, allies wrote, We feel assorted that the new building where where it will stand alone will be fully realized only when the uh, when reminderly will be forever impossible. Why can't they just make shit fucking simple? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. When the demoli- when the demolition began, the the newspaper reported that the city would mourn the square would mourn these squares as one of the most historical sites in New Orleans. It is it is the very heart of the town and while still 
people with their uh, memories of pioneer bravery and colonial splendor. It must be torn to pieces that progresses may continue its onward march. Its onward march resulted in a structure that looked nothing at all like the uh, rest of the corridor. And New, or and New Orleans have also been known for striking and try and true with its old re reliable change. It was not something uh, uh, appreciated, and it still isn't for most of the certain. And it still isn't for most in the city. Okay. Then again, okay. Never mind. Okay. It, see, you really don't go into detail exactly when it was fucking put up or built. We're going to go to the ghost of the Louisiana Supreme Court. Mm. These guys want to make, make something hard, complicated. I mean, make something easy, complicated. All right. The ghost of the, the Louisiana Supreme Court building. This, this is what one of the clerks... <clears throat> who works at the Louisiana Supreme Court building, told Ghost City Tours when she asked her about the uh, rumored haunting inside the historical buildings. Nat naturally, we were curious. Naturally, we wanted to know what exactly it was that she had excuse me, experienced in the, uh, in the past. She informed our team that the she informed our team that late in the afternoon or something in the early evening when she stays later she'll often hear footsteps of someone who isn't there. See that shit would creep me out. <laughs> really bad. No. The halls of the uh, courthouse are not carpeted, so the footsteps of the uh, ghost tend to echo through the hallways. No. I don't know how many of the listeners out there have been to the big courthouses, but they don't have, really have carpet in the hallways. It's marble floors, so and you can hear that shit a mile away. See, man, no, I couldn't. I, I, I'd jump Grammy? so easy. I'd be like, it's on that. Huh? Huh? What? What is it? <laughs> I wonder how Grammy felt when she worked at the courthouse. Oh, man. She didn't work that night, though. She worked during the oh, day. Oh, okay. Big difference. But still, uh, scary. Yeah, she worked down in a basement. Still, no. I could not work down in a basement. Well, but it was all made up. It looked like an office. You couldn't oh, tell. Okay. <laughs> it's not like they stuck her down there with pipes leaking in one light. Here's, do the paperwork. <laughs> she would have yelled at him. Okay, now where was I at? Hallways. Okay, th echo through the hallways. Indefinitely, she... She left the room she was in to check out and, and see who was uh, coming down the hallway. Each and every time, nobody was there. Nope, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I'd be calling my uh, supervisor and saying, sorry, I'm out of here. I'm not putting my two weeks in. Yeah. Somebody else sooner I'm putting my two seconds in. <laughs> Due to these supernatural footsteps belong or 
do these supernatural footsteps belong to the ghost of two witnesses who were allegedly shot in the uh, courtroom during the 1930s? Oh, my gosh. According to local lore, such a violent event occurred during a murder trial that involved, you guessed it, the mafia. Well, that's what the mafia would, yeah. that's what they did, especially back then. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> if they knew whoever was on, if they knew some of the people that was uh, in the jury, they'd wait till you was home and kill you. Yep. Or if there was an eyewitness of someone that seen you kill somebody, they would kill that person because if there's no witnesses, the murder didn't happen. Yep. Uh, where was it? Mafia. No evidence can be found to prove that it's for certain. But the rumors alone continue to prove the haunt the anyways. Upon our visit to the Louisiana Supreme Court building, Ghost City asked the clerk if she thought the ghost in the courthouse were were uh malectuous. Yeah, malictuous, whatever that means. She said she was never heard. She has never heard any more being. She said she has never heard any, heard any, anyone being terribly frightened by the ghost of the courthouse. She was singing herself right there. Yeah. Like. I <laughs> see how jumpy I am, and I'm just telling ghost stories. Say <laughs> so you're jumpy. He scares yeah. me twenty four seven. It's funny though when I scare her. No, it's not. She did, however, tell us that one of the coworkers did have a run in with what is perhaps the most famous ghost of the courthouse. It seems as if the courthouse of a. It seems as if the ghost of a lawyer from New Orleans past is still wandering the hallways of the Supreme Court building. This little story is still about the building, but it's about its lawyer. Perhaps the most famous ghost and ghost story associated with the Supreme Court building in New Orleans is the that of a lawyer who used to spend a lot of time a lot of his time in the courthouse nobody knew for sure who this ghost is but from the way he but from the way he is de- is dressed when seen suggests heavily that he was once a lawyer the people who have seen this famous new orleans ghost describe him as a man in his 40s who is dressed in a really nice suit and is carrying a briefcase. More than a few people have seen this ghost wandering the halls of the courthouse. Inventably, as soon as, as soon, uh, as soon as he is seen, he vanishes into the thin air or walks throughout a walks around a corner and never to be seen again. 
Even people outside of the courthouse have reported seeing this ghost on the east side of the building. People walking by the walking by have seen a man matching this description of the ghostly lawyer. Starting out of the window staring out of the windows of the courthouse, almost as if his ghost is watching the people of New Orleans go about their uh, nightly business. That's scary. Who Walking is down the street headed back home or into your car? And you're like, who's looking at us in the window? Jeremy, is that <coughs> you? Hi. <laughs> Who is he? Most tend to believe that this is the lawyer, is one in the same with the man who, man who in the 1950s lost a major case before the Supreme Court, seeing no other option to solve his re, uh, reputation and his pride. This lawyer then shot himself in the Wait, building. What? Yeah. Well, that would that that. You know, he might be uh, haunting. You know, because a lot of places with suicides, like we do a lot of hotels. We do a lot of hotels. And uh, hotels always have a lot of suicides and ghosts from the suicides. This male ghost should not be confused with the female spirit who is often heard crying right outside of the courthouse, much like the lawyer. Well, lawyer, you shouldn't have shot yourself and you wouldn't have been crying. Yeah. Or he was probably crying because he lost that court case. There's not much information to go on. But if you were if you were to hear if you were to hear Canine wail of frustration due to be kind due to be kind to her if you stumble across the across her apparition. Well, uh, that one, that one was just four stories and that was long. Well, I think next week I'm going to try another state, but I'm going to go over because there's not a lot of, uh, like Texas only had a couple of, uh, haunted prisons and jails. So I think next week I'm just going to go over the whole United States. And if you know of any haunted places, Send me a little message. I'll research it and talk about it, ma'am. Hi, Cameron. Hi, Kylie. Hi, Rosalind. They wanted me to say their name. We can do all the shout-outs right now because I'm done. Yeah. I don't think anybody else wanted their name shouted out. <sighs> well, I hope you guys have had fun. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I hope you guys have had fun today. Uh, look, Ashley called back again. We're playing phone tag. <laughs> That's what we call it. She'll call him or he'll yes. call her and they, one of them won't answer. But I hope you guys enjoyed the show today. It's going to be a lot better next week. Because like I said, I'm going to try to go over some stories. <laughs> i got to remember to put that on a on a page. But anyways... Go check out some of the older stuff. I got a lot of episodes, you know. People flip out when they're like, oh, you got a podcast? What yeah. number are you on? Number like 15 or 20? And I'm like, no, no like 140. They're like, what? Yeah, so yeah. just want to say thank all of you guys out there for listening and watching on YouTube. Go to YouTube. Check out our channel, guys. 
It's starting to grow some, mm-hmm. getting some movement there. But keep telling everybody about this. Yeah. I try not to cuss too much too much on here, but I do drop some F-bombs, say yes. shit. Nice. But I try not to continuously do it in on case kids want to listen. Yeah. But if I hear something creepy or He's like, weird when I'm reading know. it, because when I'm researching <laughs> this, I'll research some but I don't read the full story till I'm reading it to you. So yeah, my reactions organic yeah. and it's natural. So when I get scared, that's what happens. So I'm jumpy. So, <laughs> but jumpy. I just want to say thank you to everybody around the world in Canada. Yes. We're getting a big following in mm-hmm. Germany, New Zealand, Spain, yes. Brazil. Uh, there's just some, so much more. I can't yes. remember every one of them. Uh, Africa, I believe. Um, Ooh, yeah. So it's 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 a lot of places. It's a lot yeah. to remember. But we just want to say thank you. And like I said, <coughs> we got eight more episodes. I think seven. No, seven now because this oh, one's one forty three. Seven more one. episodes left till we do one fifty, and that's when I want to do like hey. stories yeah. people send me or something you experienced. Or, uh, matter of fact, you can just send me some questions to ask. Ask me why I started the podcast or why I liked its ghost stuff. Or, oh, yeah. You know, I just, I like scary just shit, no man. Stuff. I love scary stuff. I love the scary horror movie. I love getting yeah. the shit scared out of me. <laughs> so, but thank you guys and thank you for all the new followers. But you guys yes. be good and we will take you later, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs>